am I with Seabus Super? Because I'm a builder and they take care of me. Well, I had an accident on the work site and they helped me out, no worries. Yeah, they helped me out real fast. Mate, they just get me. Because they are for all of us. Seabus, for all of us. To consider if Seabus is right for you, visit seabussuper.com.au for a copy of the PDS. I had to go about it, write it out and find it myself And there's some stories I can tell you I had to fail, had to fall just for This is the final word, World Cup Daily, day 16 Brought to you as always by Seabus Super, the industry super fun Hitting your retirement for six, visit seabussuper.com.au It was a... Well, super for England today. They got a win. They managed to knock off the West Indies down at Southampton. But to give us all the detail in 30 seconds or fewer, I'm Jeff Lemon. This is going to be Adam Collins. Hello, Jeff. West Indies sent in down at the Hampshire Bowl. They made 212. They got off to a pretty rubbish start, all told. They were 55 for three at one stage. Purin and Hetmeyer put on 89 for the fourth wicket. But they went they went to pot after that. They lost seven for 107. Uh, to, to round it out Wood and Archer took three apiece and then with the bat a magnificent route especially 100 off 94 balls one of his most beautiful hundreds for England he had help from Bairstow and Wokes along the way they did it with 17 overs to spare it was not a good game of cricket You've done it with two seconds to spare. Perfect. I'm quite happy with that. I'm quite happy with that. We're, we're not looking at stopwatches either. We're just refining this talent. Yeah, yeah, do yeah. The 30 I, I remember when we top. interviewed Harsha on the on the uh, longer show, and you can hear my voices going. I've been on air for about seventy overs today. Um, I went. Harsha said that he learned at the BBC how to do a thirty second spot, a ninety second spot, a three minute spot, a five minute spot, just from repetition. And even now, working with him, he always knows how long we've gone for. He goes, oh, I think that was about six minutes, and like, <laughs> yeah, like within a second. So maybe we're we're getting that kind of muscle memory after what is it now day 16 the internal chronometer is working well it was a disappointing game I think from the Windies I I was very carried away with their first win and I thought they are on one here this is we're going to see them (laughs) rampaging back they should have beaten Australia they cocked that up twice and then when you're looking at this game they just weren't here today really you know how in AFL speak I know a lot of our listeners are from Melbourne you talk about North Melbourne North and on their bad days they're North Today, the West Indies were north. Today, the West Indies were... This was the side that shouldn't have qualified for the World Cup version of the West Indies. This was the limp batting, relying on two kids who the bulk of the work shouldn't be left to two. It was a a fast bowling unit stuck together with sticky tape. Andre Russell bowled two overs after two balls. He was reaching for his knees. He can barely get through an over at the moment. He was even shrieking when he was batting. Um, after two balls, he'd hurt his arm or something. So there, there is. They, they were they bowled they bowled poorly. They didn't bowl well with the conditions. There was tennis ball bounce. They bowled any number of wides above the wicketkeeper. Well, sorry, above the batsman's head. Um, it was just ropey from the get-go. After play today, Jason Holder was asked whether it's sudden death for them now, and he's kind of quite upbeat, but he doesn't have much to be upbeat about today. The most entertaining thing they did today all revolved around Chris Gale bowling, which doesn't augur well. If the best thing that's happened to your team for the day is Chris Gale bowling in junk time, it has not gone well at all. Yeah, well, and sort of Chris Gale being a, a comedy figure in the field, hamming it up in the field, going, oh, hey, look, I actually ran to you know, to save a ball or whatever. Uh, like that's It's great doing the, the sort of Harlem Grove Globetrotter stuff if you're winning, but it doesn't look so good when you're losing. Yeah, well, when he came on to bowl, he was flossing. I mean, uh, it's a bit of a, a bit of a thing that the kids do these days. But it, it looks, uh, yeah, I think that's well described. Like it was Harlem Globetrotter stuff. It wasn't what you would describe as the highest intensity World Cup cricket. I know they were on a hiding to nothing at that stage, but 
Yeah, impressions matter, and I don't think they accounted for themselves well today, the West Indies, and that's disappointing. As you say, they won their first game handsomely. They should have beaten Australia a week and a half ago, and obviously they were rained out in a good position against South Africa, however many days ago that was now. Mm. And now, look, they, they go and play Bangladesh in their next game, who beat them in a tri-series three weeks ago, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if Bangladesh turned them over. Yeah, well, the, the way that Bangladesh have been playing, they might well. Gale was worked over by Joffre Archer. Mm. Archer didn't get him out, but he got him out, really, because when I mean, Gale was out taking on Plunkett, he was trying to smash a hook of six out of the ground, but I think that was just because he knew he couldn't, really get anywhere against Archer. He looked uncomfortable. He got a few boundaries, but they were streaky. He was uh, slogging at Archer and top edging and just looked all at sea. And he looked all at sea against Stark as well. Uh, I reckon that basically Chris Gale's got to that point where if it's fast enough, he can't really see it anymore. He can't mm. He can't play properly fast bowling anymore. So he can slog your 130k an hour bowler, but he can't hit you 150. Yeah, I think that's a well well made point. Uh, it w- it was a bit. It feels like it might be a bit of a farewell lap for for Chris Gale in a way. In well, that it respect, did even before. Yeah, know, well, this, maybe, this maybe it late, was this sudden comeback this year to I'm going to play one day cricket again and then scoring literally half his runs in sixes. That's right. And, and look, to be fair, the um, the dismissal was a stupid shot as well. Not only because he was taking on the longest boundary, but it was into the wind. Like in order to have cleared the rope, there he would have had to have hit it a better part of ninety meters. And of course, Chris Gale can do that. But into the wind with a fielder out there, Johnny Bairstow of all people to take on, it, it, it wasn't good cricket. Um, and as you say, he he, uh, he fell. And, and really, um, what I was most impressed by was the way that Mark Wood bowled actually in his first spell. He only bowled 6.4 overs, finished off the tail, but he was rapid. He was accurate. He picked up Shy Hope, who had a shocking day actually. Shy Hope had a tortured innings of 11 in 30 balls. And Ooh. by the time that Purin... Yeah, Purin and Hetmeyer, I think, I mean, I think Phil Walker describes um, Nick Purin as everyone's favourite, everyone's new favourite player, and I can see why. Uh, he's a very graceful, uh, left-handed um, uh, uh, striker of the ball, and Shimron Hetmeyer, of course, we've already seen what that left-hander can do, uh, and we know how far he can hit the ball and so on, but they did account for themselves nicely, but once that was broken up, I mean, Andre Russell made 21 off 16 balls with two sixes, but he was dropped like third ball mm-hmm. by Chris Wokes. It must be the first catch Chris Wokes has ever dropped in his entire life. Yep. Um, in the end, there was some redemption when Wokes did catch him on the boundary as well. But, you know, um, th- that, that range of hitters they've got down the list, they haven't got anyone to rebuild the innings. And again, but it was Russell not necessarily um, judging the match. He did that against Australia where, you know, they needed a runner ball for the last seven overs or whatever it was and they would have been home and yep. and he got out trying to slog the best bowler in the Australian team out of the ground. Um, and then, you know, a- again today at the point that he came in when they were nowhere, they really needed him to bat for a while, you know. They were, what were they, not even 30 over mark when he came in. Yeah, and he, and he You're came not going to slog for 20 overs and make 200 at that point. And it was also game awareness. He came in when Joe Root had just taken two wickets in a couple of overs bowling I would call it now mystery spin. I think Jay Root's reached a point now where he's a mystery spinner because he bowls off breaks is his is his stock delivery, which um, was the first of his wickets. That was Hetmeyer who returned to catch fairly soft shot, really. But the second one was his arm ball to Jason Holder. I'm like, yeah. who bowls an arm ball in 2019 off the front, off the index finger? That I mean, you, you see it in the, I guess in the old MCC. Um, uh, oh, I'm going to butcher what the actual guide's called now, but um, the, the, the MCC manual, so to speak, is a bit of a cliche. But or in an old, or in an old um, you know cricket academy. 
coaching video probably more for our generation. Mm. You rarely, seldom see it actually bowled in professional cricket these days. And in between times, he was bowling leg breaks. But he also, I think after the second wicket, tried a split finger slower ball, which he dragged about four metres down leg side and went for five <laughs> wides. And that felt very reassuring to me. It was the kind of thing that I bowl. And you're like, oh, international cricketers occasionally look like everybody else. Yeah. That was nice. Yeah. And I also, and this is probably more for the Hall of Fame, but I'll mention it now anyway, his celebrations to both wickets. The first one... Yeah. He was jumping with his knees raised and fingers in the air one after another like Phil Simmons in 92-93, um, which I always love that celebration. And the second one, I mean, it was like David Warner just made a ton the way he ran around the mid-wicket, gave it the big ones. I'm like, yeah, that, that I want more of that. Joe yeah. Reed's a, a lovely, lovely bloke, and I just love it when he celebrates and carries on. It's uh, He's good value, he is. I'm tipping he'd be your player of the day for his 100. Yeah, I have 100. Goodness me. The, the first 50 of that was about as good a cricket as you'll see. Now, the bowling wasn't red hot. Just happened to be that um, when he and Bairstow were batting in the power play, I was commentating with Robin Smith, um, who of course has released his book this week. And Robin Smith, arguably the, the, you know, the greatest cutter of a ball in, in modern yeah. memory, probably the greatest cutter in my lifetime to think about it now. And um, Johnny Bairstow played one of those cut shots and I just looked at Robin Smith and he was purring. Yeah. It was a nice moment, actually. That's amazing. The, it was a really the, nice moment. The synchronicity. Because I, yeah. I say on the, on the um, BBC call a couple of days ago, the Pakistan game, Michael Vaughan was waxing lyrical about Robin Smith's cut shot so Andy Zoltz from the scorer pulls it up on YouTube and they go they sort of look at me and go go on then so I'm commentating Robin Smith against the West Indies in between doing Australia against Pakistan switching back and forth it felt very village it felt very white line wireless like you know doing it off the couch but if but if, my, if Michael Vaughan's commissioning you to do it you yeah. just do it if you're told to do it you do it you I know. find it hard not to agree with Michael when he says something I'll just nod along yeah. even if I don't necessarily agree with it he's got that kind of personality it's just um, it's just easier that way um, but I th- my player of the day was, su- surprise, surprise, Jofra Archer again. I think it's yeah. been every game that England have played. Yeah. I thought the way he worked over Gale, the way he got rid of Nick Puran, who was obviously the best player on the day, made 63, looked great, but Archer bowled him absolute snorter. It just took off from a length. Mm. And Puran was playing the short ball really well and he was just dropping his gloves under it and riding it. And that one leapt at him so fast he couldn't quite get the glove down and it just flicked the glove on the way through just outside off across the left-hander. And that is gorgeous fast bowling to have done yeah. that. Um, and then the next thing you know, Archer's on a hat-trick because he's he knocks over Carlos Braffitt and then Sheldon Cottrell in consecutive deliveries. Um, and it, he was turned down for the, the, the catch-behind appeal of um, of but he was not going to be turned down for the leg before. He was like right up for that one. Yeah, that was a good review made by Joss Butler. And the reason I raised that is because Joss Butler was captaining the side in the absence of Owen Morgan towards the back end. And that's a serious story. So the, the, the win for England today, which was convincing and comfortable, came at a cost. Uh, Jason Roy's hamstring they're having scans overnight we'll know tomorrow how bad a damage that is that happened early on he didn't bat and he wasn't going to bat uh, as for Owen Morgan this was a, a quite I mean it, again it's probably we're probably hinging on Hall of Fame stuff here so he walked into the press conference after his back spasm late in the West Indies innings again he wasn't scheduled to bat Chris Wokes came in at number three and batted beautifully as well mm. Wokes uh, you, you're reminded sometimes with this England side that they've all made like 15 first class hundreds each yeah. um, and Morgan walked in and never sat down. He goes, yeah, all right. 
I'm just going to stand for my press conference. <laughs> <laughs> so he picked up the microphone off the table, which is not designed to be picked up, right. and caused a terrible fright to the AV guys there who were having conniptions. Yeah. And then he just held the microphone up off the table and, and did his press just conference did a that stand way. Up set. He did. He did. It's, it's almost exactly. So the actual hard news out of this, which we should guys, mention. what's the deal with airplane peanuts? <laughs> you can't get the package open, and then there are like three peanuts in there. The uh, yeah, but the, the hard news is that um, the, you know news breakers is always in the final word they probably won't play against Afghanistan but they've got Afghanistan then Sri Lanka mm. not a bad time to pick up an injury I would say if they can get two games into James Vince yeah. and, and, and Liam Dawson maybe uh, yeah I think Moeen, I think Moeen's probably more likely to come in because they want to get some runs in the Moeen alley even if Wakes did start at number three or number four the more likely scenario is that Moeen gets an opportunity mm. to bat and, and get some you know desperately needed runs he was bowling well before he was dropped but it was the batting which yeah. which held him back so even though it's a, a bit of a mini crisis, I suppose. Um, crisis creates opportunity, uh, and and uh, and and yeah, I mean that'll mean Butler will get the chance to captain England, which he's done pretty well in in the absence of Owen Morgan over the last couple of years. He's probably stood in I don't know five to ten times, and they've won pretty much every time. I would say that the film The Italian Job was a mini crisis. Imagine if you had all that gold bullion stolen. Absolute <laughs> absolute shocker for um, for Italy at the time. So Hall of Fame. Who's in it? What's in it? Yeah. I, I was thinking Joe Root's dancing as well because it was it was very cute. Um, yeah, he, everything about Joe Root today. I mean, if you get a chance to jump on the clips, watch some of the driving from Root early today. It's easy to carry on about how nice Joe, Joe Root is to watch when he's batting, but this was like, you know, it doesn't get much better than that. Uh, it was his 16th one-day 100, 94 balls to get there. Yep. I loved every moment of it. So everything about Joe Root, but especially the celebrations for Hall of Fame purposes. Uh, Chris Wokes coming up to first drop, loved that. Loved. To, yeah. They were like, oh, yeah, that's fine. Our number nine or whatever he is can come and play, <laughs> yeah. play first drop against you lot. Yeah, our number nine made a test 150 at Lords last year against India. Whatever. We'll send yep. him up to number three. Looked really good. So I, I think there's a case... I think there's a serious case to keep him at three, but yep. that's for another day. Um, how about the Sri Lankan hotel story? Did you see that today? No. Um, hmm. There's a story floating around. I think it's on Crick Info initially. I think it might have came via one of the Sri Lankan newspapers, and I wish I had it in front of me to quote from it, but I'll, I'll give you the guts of as I understood it to be. They are saying that not only have the pitches been doctored against them, not only have their training facilities not been good enough, but they have not been given hotels with pools in them with every other team has. Oh. Conspiracy theory from wow. the Sri Lankan from and, the Sri Lankan camp. And you know how essential the pool is to the <laughs> well, preparation of the Sri Lankan team. Well, well, it, it, well it, it does look worse than it is. Obviously, well, there actually is an element of that. Um, Nuan Pradeep does not go into a match unless he's had a pool session. <laughs> he needs to get in the Pradeep end. <laughs> Well, they're actually saying it's to protect the fast bowlers so they can pop them in the you know in, in the deep end so they sure. can soak their muscles. Indeed, the Australian women at the 2017 World Cup stayed a, a long way out of Bristol in order to have a, a swimming pool. But I like the conspiracy theory. And one other um, Hall of Fame nominee: How can we not have Chris Gale bowling in a hat? Um, I think the last <laughs> time, shades. yeah, I think the last time someone bowled in a hat was when Jeff Boycott bowled with his hat backwards in the 79 World Cup against Australia. I think I've mentioned <laughs> that about six times in the last six episodes, but that's what it reminded me of. So we've got. Hall of Fame nominations are plenty. Well, I'm going for the Sri Lankans today. 
Yeah, I think I think the Sri Lankan conspiracy theory. Um, I, look, I don't even know. It might have been one of those stories that comes from sources. It might have been yep. someone inside the camp. Either way, it's it, it's it's ridiculous enough that it gets our gong to say that the ICC are, uh, have a set against them. And yeah, uh, well, obviously you've got to eliminate the big threat for the World Cup, <laughs> Sri Lanka, by disrupting their aquatic program. I mean, we, we've had every rain game, every game rained off, and they're complaining there hasn't been enough water to swim around in. Uh, so they're up there along with Dimuth Karunaratna as our Sri Lankan Hall of Fame yes. so far. Uh, I think that's the end of part one. We'll be back in a second. Jeff, how about this? We've got a new spin on Nerd Pledge, but it's sent through by our great mates at Seabus Super. Really? Tell me what we've got. 9.29. Okay, so that would have to be 9 for 29, which mm. would be the New Zealand batting collapse against Pakistan when Yassir Shah took 8 for. It's very good for him. You're spot on. But... 9.29% is also Seabus Super's average annual return for their default investment option over the last 34 years. I did not anticipate that completely organic segue, goodness me. Uh, do we have another number? We do, actually, as it happens. Uh, 50. Okay, 50 is probably the most common number in cricket, maybe aside from naught, so that's not too clear. But maybe it's the good bit of Bradman's career in between the debut at the Echo where he sucked and then the last test where he made a duck. Very nice. Right again. Also, $50 billion is how much of their members' money CBUS currently have invested. Well, I've learned something new. CBUS Super, the industry super fund hitting your retirement for six. You can visit cbussuper.com.au to find out more. Past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance. To consider if CBUS is right for you, go to cbussuper.com.au for a PDS. This is the final word. World Cup Daily, day 16 out of 46, maybe? Where I think we're doing 49 podcasts. We're part of the way there. Mm. We're part of the way there. So, England knocked off the West Indies today. That works out very nicely for England. Their next assignment, Adam, you mentioned it earlier. Walk us through it. Afghanistan on Tuesday at Old Trafford. I think that might be the first or the second of a stretch of games uh, being held in Manchester probably is it Tuesday yes it is Tuesday I'm I'm getting I'm I'm getting confused here because of course the first game at Old Trafford is on the weekend between India and Pakistan it's also Afghanistan's first match where they're the only team playing on the day where they actually get Star billing on the day because it's an England game, I guess. Yeah. So they wanted England to have. Yeah, the, the even focus. though it's a midway game, it is an England game. I'm, I'm, I'm really thrilled to see that. So, um, yeah, England should win that convincingly. They're in, they're in good nick now. I think England are on. The, on they've got. They're, they're, they're skiing downhill towards the semi-finals. If they beat Afghanistan, then Sri Lanka, they're pretty much there. Yep, the West Indies take on Bangers in uh, Taunton on Monday. Bangladesh are going to win that. I've convinced myself of this Shaki in the last 10 minutes. He's going to roll the West Indies over. They, yep. He's going to flip them. Well, that he's going to keep them alive in the tournament. That That's what keep they're going to do. in contention. And in terms of tournament, what's next? Uh, two matches tomorrow on day 17. We've got Australia-Sri Lanka at the Oval, which should be very fun. The, the Paparay bands, the big trumpet bands always get in for the Sri Lankan support at the Oval, which is great. I gather there's a huge Sri Lankan contingent that's going to be in tomorrow, so uh, it's going to be amazing to watch. Yeah, but they're going to be seeing a team that hasn't been in the pool, so how good could they possibly be? <laughs> how good can you possibly be? Also, uh, South Africa taking off, uh, taking on Afghanistan at Cardiff. So and- Afghanistan have the chance to eliminate South Africa or vice versa. Oh, Let's go with that. that. 
imagine uh, and in Cardiff, what a venue to do it. What <laughs> what resonates with the name of Afghanistan more more deeply, more ringing tones than the city of Cardiff, home of the Welsh fire in the new hundred. The Sophia Garden is named, of course, year. after the capital of Bulgaria. Uh, yeah, named after Sophia Loren, I believe, who um, is a handy all-rounder in her day. So the doubleheader tomorrow, which means we'll be bringing you a, a late final word. This one was also late due to travel and various other things. So it won't be quite first thing in the morning Australian time, or it'll be relatively late at night English time, but it'll be after South Africa, Afghanistan, finish off whatever they're doing down in Wales, and then the big India-Pakistan game on Sunday. So heaps to come this weekend. Oh. We'll be at all of it. Yeah. Can't I, wait. I just, I, I, I can't stop thinking about India and Pakistan. I read a wonderful piece uh, yesterday, a first-person piece by Simon Torfel, uh, about um, standing in a test match at Karachi in 2004 between India and Pakistan and explaining the atmospherics around something like that. I, I tweeted it out last night. Have a read of it. It gives you a, a better understanding as, a, as someone who's perhaps not Indian or Pakistani about what this contest means. That's it for today. This has been The Final Word, World Cup Daily, Day 16. We'll be back tomorrow. Bye. Sorry if I ran into empty broke this so you know what I meant here. I had to go about it, write it out and find it myself. And there's some stories I can tell you. Every day, hundreds of thousands of us are building a future we can all be proud of. For over 34 years, the growth CBUS My Super Option has returned an average of 9.29% per annum for its members while investing in projects that not only create jobs, but something better. CBUS, for all of us. To consider if CBUS is right for you, go to cbussuper.com.au for a PDS. Past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance.